You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Fighter versus the Rider. I am your host, as always, Damon Martin, and I am joined today by the man who will compete in the upcoming, well, he's already competing in the upcoming uh, Bellator Light Heavyweight Grand Prix, his next round matchup coming up very soon against Corey Anderson. Of course, he is also the Bellator Heavyweight Champion of the World. Welcome back, Ryan Bader. Ryan, how are you? I'm doing, doing fantastic. How are you? I'm fantastic myself. Thank you so much for uh, being here and co-hosting the show with me today. I really appreciate it. Before we get to the fight stuff, I have a very important question to ask you, and I got to put you on the record for this one. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. When did you become the meme king of Instagram? Because everyone says Derek Lewis is the Instagram follower you have to do in fighting. I think it's yours because I crack up at your Instagram more than anybody else's right now. Honestly, I, I usually just put them in my stories. Maybe I'll put them in my main deal, you know, but, uh, you know, stuff that I found funny, you know, I don't know, probably like four months ago or something, I just started kind of uh, posting on my stories. And then um, if there are days that I didn't post, like I got all these messages like, dude, where's the memes at? And they got <laughs> pissed at me. And I'm like, man, I guess I got to keep it up. And then I started getting messages like, man, your memes make my day in the morning. I sit and drink my coffee. You know, I laugh. I feel good, you know. And so I'm like, man, I, there's a, a greater good to be had here. So uh, I just kind of kind of continued it. Yeah, I have uh, I have absolutely screenshotted and stolen so many memes oh, yeah. from your page that I send to people because I'm just, like, cracking up laughing and dying. I was just like, I don't know where you find them. Like, don't tell me your secret. But I'm uh, just like, I mean, where does he all find do, all these? That's all I do, you know. The ones that I find, like – funny you know you get like say you have like 30 of them the ones i really find funny i'll just kind of narrow that down you know i'm all about quality not quantity yeah now here's the real question does does daisy find them as hilarious as i do because i know you tag your wife in a lot of those yeah uh, she does them too she's probably just as dirty as me but uh uh yeah we we have fun with it we go kind of go back and forth you know and we have people messaging us you know like you and your husband you know keep that up all that kind of stuff and then she obviously gets creepier ones, you know, than me. <laughs> like, hey, I'll pay you fifteen hundred bucks to see your feet, kind of deal. But, oh uh, well, you know, I guess it takes all kinds to make the world go round, right? Right. <laughs> so, uh, Ryan, before we get to anything else, you've got a big fight coming up. Uh, Corey Anderson next round of the Grand Prix. Of course, you've known this fight was going to happen since you know months yeah. ago, since both of you picked up wins. But how is everything going? I know you and Corey know each other because you have trained together in the past. Yeah, we trained uh, quite a while ago, um, kind of trained twice. I brought him in for Phil Davis um, when I fight. I fought Phil, Phil once in UFC, once in, in Bellator, you know. And so um, the second time I was in Bellator, he was in UFC, you know, so I uh, didn't think much of it at all, you know, and that was like five or six years ago, you know. And then uh, I figured we'd run into each other in UFC, you know, but then, you know, when I left and uh, I figured that was the end of it. And then uh, when he came over, I knew we were going to potentially fight because, you know, he's one of the top guys. I'm the top guy. So, you know, here we are. Have you, uh, I mean, not that you need to see what he's done just in his last couple of Bellator fights, but have you been impressed by what you've seen out of him in his last couple of wins? Yeah. You know, in Bellator, he kind of came in, he fought, you know, not knocking on him, but, you know, he fought a guy that was a striker that, you know, hasn't done that well, you know, and then he fought kind of a, 
uh, relatively no name dude, you know, um, tough guy, but you know, I haven't seen him kind of go up against, you know, like the Phil Davises of the division and that kind of stuff, you know, but I've been impressed with him. I've always been impressed with him. He's got a great work, work ethic. He trains hard. He puts in the work and, you know, he brings it during fight time and, uh, you know, overall he's a good guy. You know, the thing about Corey and, uh, and this is not a knock on him, you know, he loves to use his wrestling and he does it very well. We have seen him knock people out. He got Johnny Walker. I think he you know, shocked everyone with that, the way yeah. he fought that fight and got that knockout. But I think he's best known for his wrestling. And I know I've said some form of this to you many times in the past, Ryan, but I feel like when it comes to MMA wrestling, you're one of the best in business. You know, Everyone wanted to bring up that narrative of you and Phil Davis. And I said, well, I love Phil. Phil's a great fighter, but I think you're a better MMA wrestler than him. And we've seen that play out in a couple different yeah. fights with you two. Do you feel like there's a little bit of that same narrative in this one? Corey's a great wrestler, great grappler you're better. Yeah, I, I definitely do. You know, and it's a it's style of wrestling too. You know, he's not really an explosive wrestler. He's a kind of a grinding, you know, he shoots kind of from far away. You know, his arms are outstretched. You know, he's not running through you. He's running you to the cage. You know, he's not like a Phil Davis where if Phil wants you to take down and gets you, you know, he explodes and gets his long arms on you and he's putting you down right away, you know. Um, you know, and looking back at my career, I've done extremely well when I fought fellow fellow wrestlers, you know, and uh, you know those are the fights I I think I have most of my knockouts, you know, with is is those those wrestlers, you know. So um, I, I do believe I have a, a distinct advantage in that department. You know, he's good. He's he's a grinder. He goes in. He's he's well conditioned. You know, um, but I'm one of the if not the best conditioned guy, you know, in that division also. So. Um, I just feel wherever it goes, you know, I kind of have that, that advantage. Yeah. And we talk about the power on the feet. I mean, of course we know you have huge knockout power on you've shown that throughout your entire career, but we've also seen that kind of break guys. When, when, when a guy can't get a takedown, when he can't try to out wrestle you, those kind of things, it does kind of break their spirit a little bit. Uh, do you think that is a key component with Corey? If he can't get you down, if he's, if he's reaching for those takedowns and he doesn't get him, you can kind of see a guy's spirit break a little bit in there. Can't you? A hundred percent. I don't think that'll be the case with him because, you know, he's had those fights where, you know, he, he brings a volume. They, they might not be, you know, knockout shots every time, but he has a lot of volume. Um, I don't think he'll break, you know, he has a pretty tough mindset, you know, and you got to put him away. Um, but I, I definitely feel, I feel that in a lot of my fights, you know, where, um, you know, okay. I saw that. I felt that, you know, that, that point when they're tired or they're like, man, I don't want to be in here anymore. You know, that's kind of, I have kind of a, a sense about that, you know, in every fight, I kind of feel when that's the time, you know, whether that's, you know, I'm on top of them, grinding them out and can put them away with, with uh, you know, ground and pound or whatnot or on the feet. You know, I, I definitely feel that in a lot of those fights when they're like, man, is this going to continue for, you know, four more rounds, man? I, I don't know if I can do it. So I feel that moment for sure. And I know training isn't fighting, but you, you felt Corey. You know what it's like to train with him. You know his strengths and things like that. And, of course, you're expecting him to come in, you know, better prepared, try to throw in a few you know, tricks of the trade that he's learned since you guys trained together. But the reality is it, it can't hurt that you've actually felt him in there. You know what his strengths are. You know how he feels in there, his link, things like that. I mean, those are little things that can play a factor in a fight, right? Yeah, 100%. You know, I don't take too much from training, um, really, you know, but I fight – and train with those guys, that type of style every single day. You know, we have a bunch of wrestlers. Uh, I have guys that are wrestlers with better striking and, 
you know, all that kind of stuff. And I've been doing that since the beginning of my career, you know, with all the all Americans from ASU and all that coming in. And, and so I've, it's not like it was my last fight with Machida where, all right, I haven't seen that a lot. I don't have those kind of partners. You know, I have his style of partners I've had for, you know, 15 plus years, you know, so it's going to be nothing new at all. Yeah. Before this Grand Prix started, we did an interview and I said in an ideal world, you know, it could be a bit of the, you know, the Ryan Bader revenge tour, depending on how this plays out, because you had a couple of guys on the bracket that, you know, potentially, you know, had losses to and you could potentially get those back. Now, unfortunately, we know Anthony Anthony Johnson's out and we got Vadim Ninkoff uh, fighting Julius Anglicus. Absolutely nothing whatsoever against Julius. Uh, he's undefeated in Bellator, you know, good fighter, but we can't deny that he's going to be a massive underdog against Vadim yeah. Dimkov. Is there any, I mean, again, it doesn't matter to you because you were going to fight the winner either way, but is there any disappointment that you don't get to see that Anthony jo uh, Anthony Johnson uh, Nimkov fight? Yeah, I definitely wanted to see that, you know, for my personal reasons, as far as, you know, it didn't matter who won, you know, I make it to the finals on that side. If they were fighting, it's, it's perfect because I get redemption regardless, you know? And, and so um, I wanted to see how that fight played out also, you know? Um, um, so we'll see, you never know, like when something happens like this, you know, with Julius coming in, you know, it's, it's prime time for upsets too, you know, but I do hope Nemkov makes it to the finals and I can go out there and, and kind of relive the heavyweight Grand Prix, go out there, you know, beat him, beat the champion and, and get my light heavyweight belt back. It'd be that much sweeter. If I would have had a automatic rematch, which you were kind of like about to ask for and talk about a little bit, it wouldn't be as sweet as I, as what I'm doing right now, going through a tournament, we meet in the finals and I beat him that way. You, I know, and you're not an excuse guy. So I know that about you, but I know that you did have to go through a, a real body transformation after fighting at heavyweight for so long and then going back down to light heavyweight and then having that fight with Nimkov. Do you feel like you are back to being a true light heavyweight now? And do you feel like that is going to be a factor against Corey Anderson? And it could be a big factor in the Nimkov rematch as well. Again, I know you're not an excuse yeah. guy, but but your body, I mean, you were fighting at heavyweight for a, a, quite a while. Yeah. Oh, I'm not an excuse guy. And at the end of the day, you know, I did get kicked in the head, you know, and, <laughs> and I, I signed up for that fight. So it is what it is. But here are some excuses, you know. Uh, you know, I tore my MCL almost completely like 12, 13 weeks before that fight. I'm like, all right, it's all good. You know, I was sitting around high 230s, almost 240, and I couldn't grapple at all. I couldn't do any of that stuff until about four weeks prior. And uh, I'm like, oh, it's all good. I'm a heavyweight, strong enough. I'm fast enough. I'm just, I, it's during COVID. I don't know what I'm going to fight again. So I'm going to take this fight. Figuring it was a heavyweight. And then four weeks prior, they're like, hey, we can get an MCOF into the country you know, it's going to be at light heavyweight. And I was like, Oh shit, here we go. You know? And so I just didn't feel like myself in there at all. Um, usually see me aggressive and all that. And I was kind of lackadaisical. I felt lackadaisical. I, uh, my cardio felt good, but I was just kind of like, I wasn't in that fight. And afterwards, you know, the coach was kind of saying the same thing. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. You know, I took that fight. Should I pulled out? Probably, but there was so much variables and so much unknowns out there as far as, all right, what happens if everything shuts down and we can't fight at all? You know, I need to take this fight. So it was one of those things where, yeah, I want to get it back because I want to prove myself, prove the fans, everything that wasn't me in there and, and you know, get another shot basically. But, you know, I took that fight and got, got a head kick.
Yeah. Well, in a weird way, it kind of plays out this way. I mean, you get the toughest opponent you could get on this side of the bracket. I mean, Corey Anderson is as yeah. legit as they get, and he was a top five light heavyweight in the UFC before leaving. So you get a win over him and then potentially fight Nimkov in the finals to get that a bit of revenge. It's almost like the perfect story, right? A hundred percent, you know, and uh, it was fun to get in there with Machida, you know, and, and beat him, get redemption there. And then uh, um, with Corey, you know, that's a great match great matchup i think with Corey and i you know phil davis and i we have terrible fights together it's just <laughs> it is what it is you know styles and everything you know but i think the the way Corey is and and matches up with my style i think it's going to be a great fight one of those fights that i i look forward to the fans are going to like and everything here in my uh you know home state and everything and so i'm looking forward to it i'm glad that he's over here on our side you know and and uh um, i like those fights with the the name fighters you know if if the other guy uh, would have won, you know, good luck pronounce his name, but, you know, it, it wouldn't be as big, you know? It's like, okay, you're supposed to beat that guy, even though he's tough. But um, so I'm looking forward to this matchup. I don't want to, I don't want to disrespect Julius by making it sound like he's just a, you know, a speed bump in the way, but I just don't see him beating Nimkov. It's not a knock on him. I do believe Nimkov is a beast. I mean, there's no yeah. shame in that. Like I said, when you lost to Nimkov, I didn't think it was I, and I told you this, you know, off the air and on the yeah. air. I didn't think it would look like you. It didn't look like the Ryan Bader we all know in that cage no. that night. But that being said, Nimkov is an animal, and yeah. and good for him. I just don't see Julius, you know, beating him. I I just think this is. I think it's one of those matchups where it's like, yeah, it could be an upset, but I don't see it happening. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree. You know, um, definitely. You know, Nimkov is he has very good footwork. He's good everywhere. You know. Um, Julius is taking this fight on, I think, four weeks' notice, you know, and so it's one of those things where, yeah, at the at the end of the spectrum, he has nothing to lose, though, going out there, you know, and, and like I said, this is kind of a prime setup, too, for an upset. You never know. These big fights like that, sometimes you're like, that happens, you know, but uh, regardless, yeah, I think Nemtov is going to go out there and, and definitely win. Yeah, uh, I know you kind of joke about it, that you and Phil Davis never have great fights, but – Phil Davis is one of those guys where it's like he's never the most exciting guy, but he always finds a way to get it done. And you look at yeah. his fights with Nimkov, but then you look at what he just did to Yoel Romero. Yoel Romero had all this hype behind him. Everyone said, oh, my yeah. God, Yoel's this beast. And Phil B, that split decision was a joke, by the way. That was not oh, a split yeah. decision. But not like, there's another example. Like Phil Davis is one of those guys. You just you, you No one beats him easily. Like No one goes out uh, there and dominates Phil Davis. Not at all. I like Phil Davis a lot. He uh, – I mean, he goes out there and he finds a way to win. You know, uh, a lot of his fights might not be the most exciting or whatnot, but he, he's a beast, man. And and uh, I really liked his fight with Yoel. You know, I talked to him a little bit. I'm like, man, you look, you know, freaking amazing out there, you know. And, and I thought that fight was – I liked that fight a lot, you know. And he did everything perfect in that fight, you know. So, uh, he's a beast, you know, and he's always one of those guys that are, that are right there, you know. Um, you know, his fights with Nemkov, both of them were pretty close. A few different things, you know, uh, changes, you know, taking him down in the first or second round could have won him that fight. Yeah. You know, it's funny when this Grand Prix kicked off, and here's where we're going to have to start a little bit of a debate here, because when the Grand Prix kicked off, you know, I asked you this question. I said, do you believe the winner of this tournament will 100% be the best light heavyweight in the sport? And when you looked at the field, it was hard to argue against that. When you looked at, you know, Anthony Johnson and you looked at Nimkov, you looked at you, Corey, you had the the records for you and Anthony and Corey in the UFC, so you could compare that. You know, Corey had a win 
over Jan Blahovich. Of course, I know he also lost to Jan, so I don't want to take that away from him, but they had a yeah. you know, split series. Anthony's history in the UFC is only losses coming to you know Daniel Cormier. Of course, you had a long history in the UFC and then what you'd also done in yeah. Bellator. Now, Anthony and, and Yoel kind of dropping out, you know, I'll, I'll admit it, it did kind of bum me out that that didn't happen. Yeah. And, and, and I think you and Corey, you know, is still a very big fight. Nimkov's still out there. Do you still believe the winner of this tournament is the best light heavyweight in the sport? Or or has Jan Blahovich done enough to where you could see the argument now? Man, I, I don't love to sit here and be like, oh, we have the best or, you know, whoever wins is the best. Um, you never know. But at the end of the day, if you don't think that myself, Corey, or Nemkov can go in there and beat Jan, you're crazy. You know, any th- those fights are toss-ups. You know, any one of us can go and beat beat Jan. You know, um, and but then, you know Glover's fighting Jan too. He could be the champion. You know, um, so yeah, I don't love to get into that debate because you never know, and it, it's kind of you know there it's fruitless because. We're you. We're not going to do a cross promotion, you know. But um, like I said, any one of us, us three right now, can go in there and potentially beat them. Yeah, there's there is real. I mean, let's be honest, Ryan. There is UFC bias. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, we know 100%. that. I mean, I think, and I've said this, and I listen. I think Alexander Volkanovski's an animal. What he just did with Brian Ortega was a fantastic fight. Kuda, I mean, I think he's amazing. I think AJ McKee is the best featherweight in the sport. That's not a knock on Alexander Volkanovsky. It's just, I think AJ McKee is the best featherweight in the sport. And I think right now, if you're asking me to rank it, I would put Jan Blahovich number one, just because of what he's done his last couple of fights. But you know, in a few months when this tournament's over, let's say you go out and beat Corey Anderson and you beat Nimkov, you get your revenge in that match. The debate's a lot harder at that point because then you have two more marquee wins. You know what I mean? Like, I think at that point, it is a legitimate debate because as great as Jan has looked, and he's looked amazing, and I love Jan Blahovich, nicest guy in the world and on an incredible streak. If you were able to go out and beat Machida, you know, uh, Anderson and Nimkov back to back to back, that's a pretty damn impressive streak. Yeah, for sure. You know, styles make fights too. And, you know, uh, I definitely think I can go in there. I don't think I would go in there and obviously strike with him, but take him down, beat him up on the ground and all that kind of stuff, you know. Uh, yeah, and I agree with you, too. You know, he should be up there, number one, because, you know, you, let's face it, UFC has a deeper pool, you know, as a deeper division. You know, he beat he beat Izzy, too, you know. And so, yeah, I mean, that, that's no problem at all, you know. But at the end of the day, you go out there and win this tournament, you know, I definitely believe they go in there and, and uh, you know, and beat that UFC current champion, whoever it is, you know. It's one of those fights where, I mean, we're all at the top. And like you said, you know, if you're not in the UFC, you know, a lot of fans are like, oh, you're shit, you know. But that's not the case. And like you were saying with AJ McKee, all those kind of guys, you know. So um, it's one of those things that I don't put too much stock in. You know, I just go out there, do my job, collect my paycheck, and be the best that I can be. Yeah. Let me ask, uh, you know, kind of talk, pick some predictions here with the fight coming up between Jan Blahovich and Glover Teixeira. I know we've talked about the Glover fight with you many times. That was, in, in my opinion, a big turning point in your career because that was a fight where you 
went out there and were, you know, trading yeah. leather with a guy like Glover Teixeira and you kind of got away from your wrestling. And I know you said to me many times that kind of was a wake-up call that, like, you can win yeah. those fights, but it's a toss-up because you're just, you know, when you're trading bombs with another heavy hitter, anything can happen. And that's yeah. what happened. Uh, and by wrestling, you've kind of taken that, you know, you've kind of, you know, uh, increased your chances of winning, I guess I should say, every time. Yeah. Uh, but you've been in there with Glover. You know what that guy can do. He's been on an incredible run. Do you give him a chance to beat Jan? A hundred percent, you know, and I think it's, uh, Glover's just really durable. You know, he obviously hits hard and all that kind of stuff, but he has amazing grappling. He has good takedowns, you know, so I can see if Glover goes in there, uh, I think he's going to have to withstand the storm a little bit, but if he gets him down on the ground, you know, um, you know, I think it's going to be a long night for, for Jan, you know, Glover's tough all the way around. He's one of the more, more well-rounded fighters, you know? Um, so that, that's a tough one. I, I would probably, take Glover in that, in that fight, you know, I think he goes out there and beats it kind of beats him. And then, uh, it, you know, his, uh, it kind of sets up his whole career. You know, he's, you know, he's, what is he 41 years old? You know, he's still top tip top shape. He's, he's looked great and he's been on this run and for him to close it out with a, a UFC championship, you know, um, and defend it or whatever he wants to do, you know, it's kind of like the perfect, perfect story for him. It's kind of hard in a way not to root for Glover considering like, I know, you know him. I know there was no bad blood whatsoever when you fought, yeah. but he's like one of the nicest guys in the world. He's like a true martial artist. Like, you know, just embodies martial arts. He's never, I don't think he's ever said a bad word about anybody. I can't remember. Yeah, he's like awful. He's just one of those guys. Like it's hard not to root for him, but at the same time, you know, you can't deny what Jan has done. I think the key yeah. for me in this fight personally, I think is, Jan, if Jan can put the damage on him, he can't overexert himself, though, because Glover is so tough. I mean, Anthony yeah. Smith had Glover hurt early, and then, you know, he didn't finish him, and then Glover comes back and just demolishes him later in the fight. Uh, I think if Jan hurts him early, he can't go, you know, balls to the wall, so to speak, because if Glover survives, what are you going to have left in rounds three and four? And Glover's a guy who will be there in rounds three and four. Yeah, that's what I was talking about, that durability. You know, it start of the fight could look like he's getting beat up real, real bad, just like the, you know, the Anthony fight. And then all of a sudden tides turn and he's in there going the same pace that he was, you know? And uh, um, like I was saying too, I think his, his grappling's under underrated, you know, he's, he's real heavy on top. He's strong, you know, and, and he knows how to get to the certain positions where, you know, he can unload or go for a submission too, you know? And so I, I agree with you 100% there. You know, uh, Jan's got to be careful because Glover is going to be durable. He's going to fight the fifth round like he was fighting the first, you know, and, and uh, um, that's why I kind of lean more towards Glover winning that fight. Yeah, I, I'm i not going to lie. I am picking Jan to win. I, yeah. I'm very high on Jan right now. I think he's looked really good, and I think there is a certain confidence that he's kind of built inside of himself being champion. I think that win over Izzy was big. You know, everyone was picking Izzy to be the double champ, and here's Izzy's coronation and all these kind of things. And for him to go out there and get that win, I thought that was huge for him just personally. And I still think he is capable of beating Glover. But I agree 100%. If there's a third round, a fourth round in this fight, fifth round in this fight, that's where I start leaning towards Glover. Because I think the longer yeah. you let that guy stick around, the more yeah. dangerous he gets. No, that's true. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you too. You know, um, Jan, that confidence is big, you know, going in there and knowing that you're the best in the world, you know, not just all thinking and maybe I am, you know, I feel like he has a confidence now. Like, like you said, he went in there, beat Izzy, you know, and he feels like, all right, I'm the top dog. Nobody can beat me. And when you walk in with that confidence and everything, 
yeah, it, it's a lot. You know, it, it carries over for sure in that fight. Absolutely. Now, Ryan, you fought a lot of guys in your career, and you've done a lot of things. And outside of the cage, you've always been, you know, a pretty even-killed guy. You've done a lot of work with the military. You've done a lot of work for charity, things like that. You've always been a guy to kind of keep your nose clean and stay out of trouble. And it's not to say that makes you a better person than anybody else, but you've always been able to kind of live your life and, and kind of be the guy, you know, who, who's not afraid to, you know, kind of be a role model, I guess the best way yeah. to say it. Um, unfortunately, one of your former opponents has been in the headlines recently, and that's John Jones, former UFC light heavyweight champion. We've seen, of course, he was arrested recently and charged with a domestic violence charge as well as uh, injuring or disabling a vehicle. The police report came out. I did the report last week. You know, his, his fiance had blood on her nose and, and mouth or her mouth and nose and her face. Uh, and then the police say he rammed his head into the police cruiser when he got agitated when he's being arrested. I'm not going to condemn the guy because we don't know the full story. Let him have his day in court. Uh, but this is once again, a really, really bad look for John Jones. And then the last, I don't know how much you pay attention to social media, Ryan, but like he had a one post where he said, I'm going to turn this nightmare into the best thing in my life. He's doing like weightlifting. And then he puts out a weird, really weird video where he's like kissing his fiance. And it was like this really uncomfortable, like, I don't know. Like, I understand the I point of what it. he's trying to do. Maybe. Although I don't yeah. think whoever's doing public, like whoever's his publicist should be fired because it gets a really <laughs> terrible look in that situation. I'm not here to put him on trial in, in a, in a legal setting, but we can't yeah, deny yeah. this has happened again and again and again with John Jones. And this to me is the worst of it because to me personally, you can't come back from domestic violence. And I just, no. I don't, there's no excuse for that in any way, shape or form, especially when you are a trained professional fighter, you do not put your hands on a woman. Uh, Ryan, I want to get your opinion on this because you were around, you were there in those days in the UFC when he first started kind of getting into trouble, you know, DUIs, things like that. You were there, you were present for, you were part of the division he was in. You fought him, of course, but you also know what that was like. But now here we are. I think this is, I want to say his fifth arrest in in the last, whatever, 10 years or whatever. I don't know. What do you make of this situation with John Jones? Man, I mean, people make mistakes, right? But if, you know, like, like I said, we don't know all the facts or like you said, actually um, don't know all the facts or whatever, you know, but if he, if he did put hands on, you know, a woman, his fiance, you know, that's the biggest scumbag move you can, you can do. And he should be gone if you did that, you know, uh, plain and simple, you know, but um, I mean, people make mistakes, right. But when you keep making them over and over and over again, you know, it, it, it's not a mistake anymore. It's a habit, you know, and it's the people around you too. He's got to have somebody be like, Hey, you know, I know you're in Vegas and you just were at the hall of fame deal, got inducted to the hall of fame, you know, let's just go in, in the hotel suite and party or whatever. We don't need to be out. We don't need to be doing this stuff or just like, you know, keep it contained a little while, you know? And uh, I think it's the people, the people around them, you know, that need to step up too. you know, um, obviously mistakes are going to be made. You know, when you keep making them, something's got to change. You know, when you go to when you go to Vegas, maybe don't go out, you know, go out around your friends or something at home or, or whatever it is. And he's got a lot of eyeballs on him, you know. And so you just have to be more careful because every single person is going to wait for you to make a mistake now. You know, and so um, I think moral of the story, if he did put his hands on a woman, he should he should be done, you know. Um, don't know all the facts, but it keeps happening over and over again with him getting in trouble. You know, he's got to, he's got to tighten it up. 
Yeah, well, there like he came out with a statement where he said something about you know I can't be around alcohol, I can't do alcohol, and I understand that. Listen, not everyone. Yeah. I get that. I'm sympathetic to addiction. I've been around addiction my whole life, but I I drink. I mean, I've been out yeah. partying. Uh, I'm not going to let a secret go. There may have been a a, a a UFC event in Louisville a few years ago where I think I may have even had a couple beers with uh, the current Bellator heavyweight champion. Yeah, uh, but. None of that resulted in either one of us, you know, doing really stupid, you know, things. Neither one of us, yeah. drunk, you know, drove drove drunk. You know, neither one of us hit yeah. anybody. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I understand. I completely am sympathetic to the addiction part of it. I am. I get it. But just being addicted still doesn't excuse you for the things you do, you know, in that situation. Over and and for John, it's happened so many times. Like, it's yeah. like, okay, your first DUI, I get it, man. Okay, you made a mistake. 24 years old. You're on top of the world. You know, you became champion. Everyone's giving yeah. you all this accolade. I get it. I understand. I'm not saying excuses it, but it, but I understand it. But then when it just keeps escalating, like the hit and run from 2015, you think that would be the breaking point, right? He got his title stripped, you know, then he gets arrested again last year. Now this, and again, I, I, again, I'm not condemning him, but I'm saying if you put your hands on a woman, that's it. At some point, like the whole, it's a mistake or, or second chances, like there's got to be a breaking point, right? Like we can't just keep saying, he made a mistake. Like you don't put your hands on a woman yeah. and say it's a mistake. No, I mean, if, if that is true, you know, putting hands on a woman, all that, like I said, that should be, that should be it. Right. Um, I mean, I've had friends too, you know, being around crazy ass wrestlers my whole life and all that, <laughs> you know, especially when you're younger, you know, so I've had friends, they start drinking, they'll end up 300 miles away in Tijuana or something like that, you know? <laughs> and but you get to a certain point where, all right, that's enough. Or you get to a certain age where, like, okay, alcohol is a problem. I'm not going to drink. Or if I'm going to drink, I'm going to drink, you know, with my wife or with my, you know, a couple friends at the house. I'm not going to go anywhere, you know. Then you uh, you compound that where, you know, you're a famous athlete. You're John Jones, one of the best fighters in the world. Everybody's looking at you and, and noting everything that you do. You know, you got to be super careful. So, yeah, I mean, you would think there would be a breaking point. And like you said, he has trouble with alcohol. Don't drink alcohol, you know, especially yeah. when you're going, when you're in Vegas and, and uh, you have, you know, an event, you know, people know you're there, you know, it's just one of those things you got to, you got to tighten that up. And yeah, if you want to indulge, do it in a safe place where you know you're not going to get in trouble, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, if you, go, you know, it goes back into that, you know, putting hands on a female that's unexcusable yeah and it's also the weird thing about this now is that you wonder what can be done because you look at the ufc and you say well you know they have some responsibility in this because if, if john keeps screwing up and he never has to pay the consequences in the cage and yes they did strip his title the one time his first fight back he's fighting for the title again it's not like yeah. they said you got to go to the bottom of the list and come back up again and the other problem is and you and i both know this ryan if the UFC released him tomorrow, within six months, some other promotion's going to sign him. You know that. They're going to give yeah. the redemption story. They're going to give him the second chance. We all know that. So, like, in a weird way, I understand the UFC's in a tough position because if they release him, uh, then someone else is going to sign him. But at the same time, if you don't release him, if you don't punish him in some way, shape, or form, uh, you know, how do you how do you go on from that? Like, how do you just continue to let this guy continue to mess up and do these things? Get it? I mean, the, the, he was he was just inducted to the freaking UFC <laughs> Hall of Fame, and twelve hours later, he's in jail on domestic violence charges. Uh, like, at what point do you say, 
this is just diminishing returns. Like I, you know, and, and the, and the weird thing is right now. And, and part of the reason I want to ask you this is because you're not in the UFC right now. You can speak much more freely, but like part of the problem right now is John's not the light heavyweight champion. He's not Jan Blahovich is, he's not the heavyweight champion. Francis Ngannou is the divisions yeah. have both kind of moved beyond him. Now I'm not saying John Jones is an amazing fighter. I've considered him the greatest mixed martial artist of all time for a few years. That being said, if they did release him right now, and I'm not saying they should, I'm not telling them what they're doing. I'm just saying that if you don't do anything, it looks really, really bad. It is really, really bad. Um, releasing him right now, to me, isn't the worst thing in the world because you're not losing a champion. You're not losing the number one guy. We already know that Ngannou's going to fight Cyril Gan. We already know that Jan's fighting Glover. Um, to me, like, and the fact that they're not doing anything is just mind-boggling to me. Uh, yeah. it's just, I understand you're stuck, but right now they're not really stuck in a way. Like John's not the face of the promotion right now. So it's like, are they really doing more harm than good by not punishing the guy and saying, you know what? You've got to be done with you for a little while. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you even kind of see it, you know, in, in Dana's press conferences and all that they're, they're kind of, they're not moving on from him, but they're kind of like, yeah, you know, they have other players, you know, Francis came in, has looked amazing, you know, Jan's a champion, all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, he's, he's really not the face anymore where it used to be like, he was the biggest star and you, you know, he did what he did and that was it, you know, and we'll, we'll figure it out, you know, but now there's other people stepping up and there will continue to be other people that make themselves stars, you know, and I do kind of see Dana kind of, not distance himself, but kind of like, you know, uh, you know, you hear statements and all that kind of stuff. Like we're moving on, we're doing this fight. We're doing this fight. John Jones can text me or call me when he's you know, whatever, you know, but, um, and I see both sides, you know, do they want to let him go and get picked up by another promotion? You know, probably not. You know, if he does something again and really injures somebody, hurts somebody, you know, is there accountability on the UFC now for, you know, not stepping up and doing anything. So they're in a weird position for sure. Uh, but I do think they're in a lot different position than say, you know, five years, five years ago, you know, where he, he was a man, he was a champion, you know, and people want to see him go up there and fight and be a double champion at heavyweight and all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, they're in a, they're definitely in a weird position. The UFC is. Yeah. Well, like I said, we'll have to wait and see how it all plays out. Uh, in your own career, though, Ryan, you got this big fight coming up. And uh, do you now have they told? Have they said? I don't think I've heard them say this fight's in October. Have they said when they want to do the finals? No, no, they're pretty loosey goosey with that. You know, <laughs> the heavyweight uh, Grand Prix was predetermined. They they locked down the dates, and we stuck to those dates. And it, it, I like that a lot. You know. Um, on this one, they said, all right, the semifinals would be in July. You know, obviously it's now in October. And so it's kind of, you know, I know they've been working through the whole pandemic thing and all that kind of stuff, but um, I kind of gotten used to it, you know, fight this fight and we could be fighting in January. We could be fighting in May, you know, so I haven't really heard too much. Do you, do you want to be double champ again? Because, and the reason I asked that is, you you were doing it, and you were the double champ. But we also saw. I mean, now I know the last the Nimco fight wasn't under great circumstances. You just talked yeah. about it. You thought you were fighting a heavyweight four weeks out there, like oh, cut to two oh five. That's a whole yeah. other animal. But like now that you've gone through, like, do you want to be double champ again, or do you think if you won the light heavyweight title, you would make a decision and say I'm only going to be in one division or the other? Um, I I want to do whatever is in front of me. 
it's not, ne- I already had the double champ status. It's not necessarily like I want to hold both belts at the same time. You know, that's not a huge deal for me. I'm always kind of looking in the short term, like, all right, it's Corey Anderson. Then it's whoever wins that fight. And yeah, I want to win those fights and I want to get that light heavyweight belt. Um, as long as Bellator has been cool with, as they have been, you know, being double champ and being able to keep belts. And cause I've done everything they've asked. I've, I've fought every weight class, you know, uh, after beat Fedor, am I going back to light heavyweight? No. Can you do a heavyweight? Sure. Boom. Did that, you know, and then, uh, uh, you want to come down to this light heavyweight tournament, you know, try for, you know, the, the uh, light heavyweight title. I said, sure. You know, you can keep your heavyweight belt. We might do an inter- interim belt, whatever. Like that's fine with me, you know? So as long as they're, Still cool with that as far as allowing me to keep both belts and and jump from one division to the other, I'm fine, you know. But it, as soon as they start tighten that up and all that kind of stuff, you know, I might I might uh, decide, you know, which weight classified in. Yeah, kind of I know we. I know we've talked about this many times. I'll close out on this. Listen, your career, you're, you know, you're obviously you know, one of the best light heavyweights in the world, one of the best heavyweights in the world. So you're not going anywhere anytime soon, but you've had a great relationship with Bellator. And I know that's been compounded by multiple contracts at this point, the way you feel about everything. And I know never say never. Do you think Bellator will be the last promotion you fight for? Yeah, I think so. Um, I love it over here. I get paid very, very, very well. Um, contracts great it wouldn't make sense to go anywhere else you know when i had a contract up after after fedor you know and uh i had some interest you know from every organization including ufc and and uh uh bellator made me an offer where i couldn't leave at all so um i'm happy where i'm at um the one thing maybe i would like to do you know i always wanted potentially maybe jump in the showtime boxing ring or something like that do some cool stuff like that different stuff um but we'll see but i believe that bellator will be my last promotion so you want to knock out jake paul's what you're telling me right now is that what you're telling me i'll fight him yeah i'll (laughs) fight uh, any of those guys you know i I just think it would be fun i don't want to go in there and and fight a top-ranked boxer you know but i would like to go in there and and i've always you know since the beginning of my career i always want to do a boxing match I, i never got to do you know, some of my other training partners kind of did like, you know, the um, different boxing matches and stuff. And I always wanted to try that, but I never had the opportunity. So that might be something down the road and, and obviously Showtime and, and you know, we're with Showtime now. And so could be some different. I, I'm all about doing different cool stuff like the going up to heavyweight and fighting in Grand Prix, doing this light heavyweight Grand Prix, ability to get two titles, all that kind of stuff. I've, I've done it all in mixed martial arts. And so when any of these new opportunities kind of pop up. I'm all for it. You know, it gets me motivated. Yeah, I know I've talked – I actually talked to Jake about this, uh, I want to say before his fight with Woodley, and he said, I'd love to do cross-promotion, bring over some MMA guys, have them fight on my card, that kind of stuff. And I know Steven Espinosa has said, you know, now that Bellator is with Showtime, like he would like the chance to like – you know, do a, you know, yeah. br- bring, you know, crossover. So the opportunity is there. You actually work for a promotion that I think would allow you yeah. to do that. Unlike the UFC. And you actually have like a real legit boxing promoter as part of your company now. Yeah. That's where kind of where my mind was going, you know, when we, uh, when Showtime kind of picked us up, you know? And so it just have to be one of those things where it had to make sense. You know, um, I'm not going to lose money to go box, you know, uh, I'd really just fight another MMA fight, you know? So, um, it would have to be the right matchup and all that kind of stuff, right, Payday? 
Yeah, I'll headline it tomorrow, Ryan. Ryan Bader calls out Deontay Wilder for a boxing match. I'll just go ahead and put uh, that so out there. There we go. <laughs> Hell, if they pay me enough, I'll, I'll get in there with them. Yeah, if they pay me enough, I'll get in there. Trust yeah, me. I don't want to fight. Right? If they pay me enough, I'll get in there and get knocked out in six seconds. I got I got uh, six seconds to spare for like $6 exactly. million. Exactly. Uh, Ryan, it is always a pleasure, my friend. I really appreciate you doing this. Uh, again, best of luck with your training camp. I know things are pretty much kind of wrapped up at this point. Yeah. You know, I think I saw the other day you said your last big sparring session. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, safe travels out to the fight. Best of luck. And thank you as always for doing this, man. I really do appreciate it. It was fun, buddy. Anytime, of course. Talk to you soon. Talk to you, buddy. Bye-bye. Ryan Bader, there you go. Uh, He's fighting coming up. Corey Anderson, Bellator, great fight. I am a little disappointed we're not going to see the Anthony Johnson uh, Nimkov fight, but I think it's going to be interesting. I think we will end up seeing Ryan Bader against Nimkov in a rematch in the finals. No offense. I love Corey Anderson. I do think Ryan Bader will win that fight, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Big thank you to Ryan Bader for coming on. I appreciate it. Make sure you're checking us out on all of your favorite podcast platforms, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, You can also find us over, of course, on MMA Fighting. Com. I want to say a big thank you once again to Ryan Bader and thank you to each and every one of you that tunes in to the fighter versus the writer each and every week. We will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you then. Vox Media Podcast Network.